Hello everyone, Natalie here. Welcome to Life on Earth Podcast. This is part two of Rain Read. Go back and listen to part one on the previous episode if you haven't already. Rain is the founder of Rain Yoga Studios in New Orleans, and she's also the founder of Rebirth, her online programs. In this conversation, we get so deep talking about Mother Nature, all kinds of things. So I really hope that you stay for part two and join Rain and I in this conversation today. This episode is brought to you by Shanti Yoga Training School, where we offer online training certifications for 200-hour, 300-hour yoga on the mat and yoga off the mat. Come learn how to be an amazing teacher, how to deepen your yoga practice, and just get more connected with life awareness, make better choices from nutrition to mindful practices, morning rituals, meditations, and so much more. You can go to shantiyogatrainingschool.com and you can also check out our other online courses at lifeonearthpodcast.com. Without further ado, enjoy rain. Welcome to Life on Earth, the Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. And you know, I started doing like online courses and working online. I think it was like around 2017 that I started my first online platform. And that was part of the reason why I decided to leave the studio because at that point I was already, I kind of had an online business together with the studio that was sort of a separate thing. So I was just trying to do both and it became too much for me. But it's interesting that I had also this inkling because I never thought if you had asked me 10 years ago, like, are you going to want to work on? And I, I never thought that. But I also like to say it was not due to the pandemic because I was actually part of the reason in 2019 that I left because I had all these online things that I had been developing and I was really passionate about. I really love researching. Like it's one of my things because I actually went to school for dance and and journalism. So the journalism, yeah, dance kinesiology and then journalism, double major. And the journalism aspect, it's like, I love researching. I mean, I can go on rabbit holes. Like if you give me something that I get, I feel passionate about, I'm like, crazy, get in this crazy mode, feel totally fired up by it. That's why I love podcasting so much. I love interviewing people. That's like my other side. And I think I could explore that with the online platforms because I could get something and dissect it and teach the audio and the video and get the research and the text. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I started working with people in other states and I love that. And then in the world, anyways, it's just interesting because I never thought then fast forward now, it's like my business is 90% online. You know, I still do in person, but I primarily work online. So it's amazing. (laughs) It's interesting. I feel like I remember that. And I remember too, like having this conversation with our photographer, Andrew Albert. And, I, and we were standing in the studio and we were like, we've got to, we're going to mount a camera right here and we're going to have it on like, you know, that sort of platform where the teachers would teach. We're going to live stream all the classes. And that was like, it was back, it was like 2018 maybe. And I feel like 
probably because you were doing it or you know what I mean? Because you had transitioned. I had seen. Yeah. And like Guru Singh in LA, he was, he was doing online all of his classes on Facebook for free. And yeah. And that's, that's awesome. I, yeah, I used to go to a studio in LA when I lived there called Exhale Center for Yoga. A lot of people probably remember it. And that studio housed at one point Shiva Rea, Eric Schiffman and all these amazing teachers in Venice Beach, California. Mm. And they were live streaming the classes and getting all these videos of these amazing teachers, which then these videos became Yoga Vibes, which is now alive. Wow, Yoga Vibes is like a whole, you know, people can go in and get a membership. Yeah, it's just interesting. You know, it's like yoga, the world is going to change. The world is going to always go through changes. It's just the nature of nature in the world. But yoga is not going to go away. Yoga is here to stay. You know what I mean? Yoga has been here for thousands of years. Yeah. So we can change. We're going to come and go. We're born. We die. Other people, there's a cycle. The world is going to stay here. The planet is here. You know, and yoga has been around for thousands of years. So yoga will adapt yeah, and it will take different forms and shapes and it will manifest itself in various ways. And it's just going to be here. So it's like fighting against what actually is like not wanting things to be as they are. Yeah. It's complete insanity. <laughs> it's like not totally. being in the present moment. Or just understanding that things are evolving and changing. I mean, with that said, I totally respect. I have some friends of mine, Ashtangi, some of them are like super serious, have been doing this forever, totally honor them. But and they don't want to have anything to do with online stuff, you know, and they're like super old school still. But the beauty of it is that there's something for everyone. Thank God. There's not only red in the world. Thank God there's yellow and blue and green and... (laughs) So, you know, that's why I think like, we don't need to argue and fight about this. Like in 2020, I remember so many people at some point, some of the groups that were like, oh, this is not good. It's good. Okay. If you like it, do it. If you don't like it, don't do it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's all good. I really believe that there's something for everyone on the planet. And don't you think, Ray, that your vibe will attract your tribe? Yeah. Always. You. And you know, and you're not everybody's teacher. Like that's such a great right. exhale for teachers is like, exactly. You're going to, certain people are going to resonate with you and that's great. And, Love and that's that. all, yeah, it's all you need. And, and when and, we are able to see that we're able to release, like release into just like you expressed with the rain in that last class, the freedom of just letting go. We're mm-hmm. able to let go and understand that this is good if somebody's like in a teacher training right now or just graduate. If somebody walks out of your class, I get these questions all the time in the middle. Don't take it personally. Totally. You know, it's like, okay, that's, first of all, we have no idea why they walked out. Could have been because they hated you. Could have been, they hated them. You could have been something personal. Could have not been about you. Could have been, you know, a million different things. And it's, it, and this is just an example, but we could use this with anything in life, right? It's yeah. just letting go the release of that expectation and what things should be or shouldn't. Oh, oh it's the biggest freedom. It's mm. the biggest freedom. Acceptance. So let's talk about rebirth, please. I can't let you go until we kind of 
have an overall of this body of work. I watched the master class. It's beautiful. Can I link that on the show notes? The oh my God, class? I would love oh it. Oh my God, okay, Did you guys. Did it make cohesive sense to you? I'm still like kind of yes. nervous about it. Yes, yes, <laughs> love it. So I'll link it below to everyone listening. Watch her Rain's Masterclass. I loved it. To me, it makes so much sense. There's a few, I want to know about the project so we can let everyone know. And there was a few things like you talked about pilot humans. You talked about the myth between humans and nature and how we are not separated. Mm -mm. And then people pleasing, remembering who you are, remembering your purpose. I mean, this is like all stuff that I love, you know? (laughs) Of course, you're teaching it too. <laughs> yes. How did this develop? I mean, now you're in Oregon, you're there and you, did you after you, you know, let go of that the studio and then you had an aha moment or this has just kind of been building organically this body of work? Yeah, I mean, tell us about rebirth. Since I was a little person, I've just been obsessed with the planet, with planetary healing. You know, like I was watching nature programs as a very small person, you know, in the 90s. That's when they were talking about recycle, use less water, stop using plastic, stop polluting, you know, all these things. That was like very loud to me. It was very, very loud that like if we as a society didn't slow down and kind of shift that we were going to be in a very tricky, dicey situation planetarily in the not-so-near future. So I feel as though we're kind of on this precipice a little bit, that it's really time to do the work of healing the planet. But the only way to heal the planet is to start with yourself. What I find is like, and I'm taking my own course always, like I'm always learning. I never feel like I've got it 100% and I'm scot-free because I can get in my own head like, oh my God, the ice caps are melting. Oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, I can get there, but I I actually can't go and hold the ice up. That's not going to work. So what can I do? So essentially, rebirth is about self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. But it's from a place of reconnecting, realigning, or reattuning with your instincts and your intuition. Because mm-hmm. actually, human beings know how to live and thrive and prosper on this planet. We've been doing it for a very long time. The past couple hundred years have gotten significantly out of balance. And from my perspective, it is directly correlated to when females got birth removed from them. And so we're talking about biological females when biological males start investing a lot of time and energy and strategy into the medical field. Mm -hmm. They come up with obstetrics and the history of obstetrics is very dark. There's a Dr. Marion Sims, who was from Montgomery, Alabama, was a sort of continuing trying to be a surgeon, trying to be a doctor. And he kept failing, essentially, like he kept not getting to actually graduate and become a doctor. And so he acquired a slave women and began doing these like test surgeries uh-huh, on slave women. And these slave women were, they were breeding them. They were literally like breeding humans from these women. So they were having nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 babies back to back oh to God. back to back. Oh my God. Some of the most horrific circumstances imaginable. And then you have this doctor putting these women on tables and naked and without anesthesia because they didn't think that 
Black people didn't feel the same range of pain. We're talking just wacky. This is crazy. Just horrific. And this is, I think it's very important from an energetic standpoint to recognize Mm -hmm. that that is literally what they call the birth of obstetrics. They call him the father of gynecology. Mm. So every time I speak about this, I like to honor Lucy, Betsy, and Anarka, who are the slave women that he wrote about the most in his research, if you will. So we honor them as the mothers of gynecology. Oh my God, that makes me want to cry. Yes, I've actually, this is, I think the first interview I've had where I haven't cried stating Mm -hmm. those words only because Mm -hmm. I'm getting used to speaking about it publicly. Mm -hmm. So when you think about something that's sort of born, if you will, you think about the obstetric world being born on in this terror way. And really this guy, this man in an arms race to become a doctor doing anything he can to do it. It wasn't really for the benefit of the females, was it? No. So then we look at how that then escalated, that it was sort of a snowball effect that just went completely out of control. And now you have a practice where the young doctors who are coming in and, you know, and I just have to go on record saying, I love men and I love doctors. I'm not like a hater, but it's important to see where things have gone awry and where things need to be adjusted. Mm -hmm. So... The doctors in training, right? They basically shadow doctors in different aspects of the practice. And when they go through obstetrics and they go through childbearing, they very rarely to never study natural birth. They're only studying all the oh fuck moments. You know, they're studying forceps delivery. They're studying all of the intervention drug-wise. So they're studying the epidurals and the Pitocin. And, you know, they're just, they're knowing all of the things that are external to try to quote unquote save the woman who is having a baby, which like Mm -hmm. women don't need saved having babies. This is what Mm -hmm. we do. This is literally the difference between men and women, you know, Mm -hmm. at a biological level. This is like the big nuts and bolts of that. And so, and cesarean birth, that's the other one that that is quite popular in a medical school. That's their learning the emergency birth processes. They're not learning to hold space for a mama baby doing their thing, which most humans are designed and capable to do. When I say most, I mean there is a very, very, very small population when you have significantly malnourished mamas. And then also there are some populations, and this is from Ina Mae Gaskin, one of the most, if not the world's most famous midwife, populations where there's inbreeding you know, like Mm -hmm. breeding between families, essentially, where pelvic bone structures can actually be kind of off so that the baby won't actually be able to pass through. But that's very, very uncommon. But for the listeners, because they might be thinking, okay, so what is she doing exactly? So it's a program that walks you through the different, Mm. the pillars. Yes. Got off topic there a little, getting very passionate about that. But so yeah, so yeah. where where I started was was here. You know, like I started, I was like, why? You know, why all of my friends think I'm crazy for wanting to have a baby at home? Why? No, because people might be like, wait, is she doing doula work now? I'm like, no, she's not a doula. <laughs> I'm not explain. a doula. No, I did. I did do a doula training. It was lovely. You did? Um, I did. It was absolutely lovely. Deborah Catlin, she's on my podcast. Amazing. 
So it was through all of this learning, like you said, research, right? I'm nerding out about all of this, you know, figuring out like what happened to midwives, like why in all of these progressive countries in um, Sweden and Norway and Denmark and Japan, most of the babies are being born at home with midwives or at hospital, but with midwives and there's no doctors trying to rush them or trying to intervene in the birth process you know, in these, in these countries. And you look at these countries and for the most part, they're actually like the countries that are functioning the most supportively throughout their whole lifestyle, you know, for the whole mm-hmm. life cycle in these countries in Denmark and Sweden, Norway and Japan, Germany, there's a lot of sort of whole life that is being taken care of by their society. And, mm-hmm. and so what I came to realize from my own story of birthing my own child in my own arms, he was born in respect and trust and intimacy. And I was taught those are the pillars, those are the foundation of love. This is the foundation of like a relationship. And I was taught that by a therapist. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> so if we are born in respect and trust and intimacy, And if we die in respect and trust and intimacy, we are likely to treat the whole chunk in between of life with respect and trust and intimacy. If we botch the beginning portion, the the big metamorphosis, which is birth, and the other big metamorphosis, which is death, if we give those up to fear, then Mm -hmm. we've lost a lot of the spiritual grounding of what it means to be a human and what it means to be connected to the planet. So I developed a program that reconnects us, that reestablishes the connection and the belonging of what it means to be a human on the planet. So we start with your own birth. We look at, likely if you were born in this country, you were born into a hospital and it was pretty traumatic. Now, every once in a while you meet a home birth baby and it's palpable as an adult. You can see it. You can literally feel it. We then look at your first sexual experience. So usually that's when you are quite young, like before pubescent years, whether it's like playing doctor or you're, you know, kissing like a a friend or snuggling or something. We look at this time and we see if somebody saw, you know, you having this sort of sensual or sexual interaction as a young person. Was there shame? Was there guilt? How was it received? And culturally, societally, how we feel about that. Then we move through to, for biological females, we to look at the bleeding cycle or menstruation, your period, whatever you want to call it. The moon cycle is what I like to call it because it is in fact connected with the moon. If we're not on hormonal birth control, most women are going to sync up and either ovulate with the full moon and bleed on the new moon or vice versa. And then for biological men, we look at the first fluid dream cycle. So, you know, this is puberty, this is coming of age. And again, we look at how this felt for us inside. There are many other cultures that are more connected to the rhythms of nature that still have rites of passage or ceremony that go along with these significant times. Our culture really doesn't have that for the most part, the clients that I've worked with, it's been like something that you hush, something that you don't talk about, something that you hide, you know, like whether it's a tampon in your purse and you hide it, or whether it's come on the sheets, 
can I say that on here Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, for a boy, you know, like, and, and be like, oh, shame around that. Like, no, you know, like what if we were to really converse about what this means? What about the Mm -hmm. fact that this actually means that you are coming of the age to be able to bear a child societally or familially, communally? Maybe this is what you want. Maybe this is what you don't want. But it certainly would be nice to know the truth and to hold the truth and the reverence. And again, the respect and the trust and intimacy that this deserves. You know, this is significant. Then we move into what we are now. So our relationship to self our relationship to sexual self. So we turn the responsibility of turn on back to the individual. So I don't know about you, but I, for my whole life, I was really kind of giving up my, the turn on to my partner. Mm -hmm. Like I need you to like, get me excited to like, you have this sexual dance. When the truth is, is actually that responsibility to be turned on is the individual. Mm-hmm. And so we really crank that knob in an opposite direction and we embody our sensuality and our sexuality in a very empowered sort of way. And this brings a totally different essence to a relationship if you're in one or just to self if you're looking or if you're not. And then we move through to the wise elder category. So we take what we've done in our culture, which is a senior citizen, which I don't know about you, but it makes me think of like, you get like a discount at the movies and like, you know, these third things that are very minuscule. But what would it be like to become a wise elder, to come into this place of beauty and reverence and sort of mystic majesty, you know, at this ripening time? where both men and women have a significant hormonal change. For women, it's called menopause, which is quite like, you know, a word that's just tossed around. But it also happens for men and it's called andropause. And so Mm -hmm. there's a hormonal shift that happens that's significant. And again, it needs attention and it doesn't need attention. Like, let's not talk about it or I'm just having hot flashes or whatever. She's crazy. It's something that needs reverence, that needs held that needs respected and trusted and intimately communicated with. And not be shamed. Yeah, exactly. Release the Mm -hmm. shame. Because it's totally like the shame was put on us by other people. Like we don't. and, and, And if you're lucky enough to be alive for X amount of years until you hit that stage in your life, I mean, then we're all going to go through that as far as I know, all of them. Yes. So, you know, it's like this idea that it's happening out there or to someone else. It's just so crazy. Yeah. Another thing that's so crazy about humans. Totally. Well, and like, you know, you just said it's unifying. Like, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter like your socioeconomic background. It doesn't matter what continent you live on. Literally, you're going to go through all of these. And it's yeah, I mean, for some people nowadays, I even hear like it happens to some people in their 30s. Yeah. You know, some people in their 30s, some people 40s, some people 50s. Maybe you're going to be at six. And you're like, oh, no, that's not going to happen to me until I'm like 60s. -hmm. Okay. Well, it's still going to happen. Let's just talk about it. I love that you're cultivating that so that we can nurture that and look at it from a different perspective. We talk about this a little bit on your podcast. I love that the word, the wise. Oh, it's so, yeah, it's so beautiful. And it's much better. It's so real. It's also like the fact, like you just said, you know, if you make it, if you make it to a certain age, you've made it and you have wisdom 
whether you know it or not, you know, and then that, and the wisdom comes through the delivery. Just like you said, if the shame is released and it's just sharing of experience, well, then we've got nurturing happening. We've got Mm -hmm. that love. And then finally, the end of life journey. So Mm -hmm. we release this idea that it's like death, that it's like this, you know, instantaneous chop and like everything's over. And we, again, we look to some other cultures who are still quite connected to the rhythms of nature and we see how they're doing it. And, you know, that there's tremendous respect for the old age and what we're calling Alzheimer's. And I'm not Mm -hmm. ending like Alzheimer's isn't real because I watched my own grandfather go through it. But, you know, in in some cultures, they view this as a great transition and that, that actually when they go, when the mind goes elsewhere, and it's quite difficult for the rest of us terrestrial beings to kind of understand what they're experiencing, they're actually experiencing the next realm. It's like mm-hmm. they are literally living in the now, but also in the transition phase. And so there's, again, there's reverence there. Instead of trying to medicate it and to stop this losing of the person, we release the attachment and accept that the person is in transition and move that way. Yeah, I love that too. I really do. There's an incredible podcast, Zach Bush and Rich Roll. They have like three or four episodes at this point, but it's the second episode about food independence. That's what it's titled, food independence. I will will, uh, link that episode to the show notes. Link it in the show notes because he's got this little 10-minute blurb at the end And he explains when he was working in palliative care, you know, so end of life care in the hospital. And one night he simultaneously brought back to life three different people, totally different walks of life, significantly varying ages. And all three of them said exactly the same thing. One, why did you bring me back? And like pretty upset about it. Like, why did you bring me back? And they all said, I felt accepted for the first time in my life. Hello, everyone. Natalie here. Quickly, I want to remind everyone our retreat, Purification at the River Retreat House in Covington, Louisiana, is happening very soon in the majestic Jafuncta River. Join us for boat adventure, tea ceremony, journaling prompts, self-reflection, daily yoga practice, and just be in this most fabulous bedding that you can sleep on and relax, restore, rejuvenate. Come join me for this nature-inspired retreat in August. Check below and show notes. And now let's continue the episode. I love Zach Bush. Dr. Zach Bush is great. Love Rich Roll, the podcast. And on your podcast, we talked a lot about death as a transition. And that was a beautiful conversation. So I'm going to tell you listeners whenever I'll let everyone know when it comes out, but we go a little more in depth in that area as well. Just really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful work, Rain. Before I let you go, talk to me about this myth that humans and nature are separate because you are such a right person to ask this question too because I see when I see the expression of who you are in the world through your social media and your work and the photos and the videos and everything, the connection that you have with Mother Earth. It's just beautiful. And I love for you, you know, I know you love compost and you love, I do. you know, work with the earth 
And like you said, we also talked a lot about this on your podcast, the connection with nature, being able to hear the messages, spending time with trees and the ocean and the waters and the birds. It's all there, right? It's just like your ability. So what is this myth? What do you think that people think that there's this separation and it's so toxic in a way, you know? The humans, I mean, we are nature. It's yeah. not like there's nature and there's humans. Like totally. we are. And I think that if we don't realize that there could be a lot of separation and it could cause a lot of hurt. Oh my gosh, such a great question. So I work a lot with in rebirth, which by the way, it is super divine because today is the release of the rebirth fellowship which oh, um, is, congratulations. Yeah, which means like I've been working one-on-one with people and oh my gosh, they're all my teachers, you know, my students are my teachers. And so but today is the is the official like welcoming of a group, right? So we're going to have like a fellowship, a group of rebirthers all come together. So I just feel it's really divine that I'm here with you receiving your blessing. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, so one of the things that we do in the beginning is we talk about your relationship with the divine. So my word is divine. And it was sort of bestowed upon me by one of my mid, my spiritual midwife teachers, Catherine Light, who is a, the mentee of Sister Morningstar. So we have this sort of buckets being poured in these traditional midwives here in the U.S., But the divine, cultivating your relationship with divine is really important because many of us come from a religious background and religion is oftentimes both a supportive and a very challenging environment where there is dogma that gets attached. These like very strict rules of which are regimented and they're oftentimes shame inducing and even guilt inducing. Mm -hmm. And so I oftentimes am trying to conjure like the release of this dogmatic connection and a gaining or a reclamation of a divine connection, which basically like you have your own divine. Like Mm -hmm. you have your own, it doesn't have to be for anybody else and it doesn't have to be in this regimented sort of way. I oftentimes connect with, it's the vision is myself free diving with a sperm whale. I've had this vision for my whole life. So I pray to the sperm whale all the time. Mm -hmm. And there is, I actually remember my father telling me that, you know, religion was created to control people. Because if you imagine a world where everybody has their own spiritual guide, you have a world of very, very, very powerful hey, people. <laughs> so, so if you have people all believing the same things and, you know, it's this more sheep mentality. And I'm, I'm not saying this to condemn religion. I'm simply coming at it through a lens of curiosity, compassionate mm-hmm. curiosity and asking ourselves, is this serving me or is this not serving me? And, you know, as we've come to realize that like guilt and shame, these are things that like get into our bodies and cause significant harm, you know, cancers and autoimmune disorders and all these sorts of things, Alzheimer's, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of it, they're starting to believe that it's rooted in emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. And so cultivating a relationship with your divine and mother nature and father sky, those are another two of mine who I'm always in communication with. And yeah. so I would just have everybody and just, just kind of open up to that truth. And one of the ways that I do it in my own practice is through a very simple breathing practice. I'll just close my eyes and I will listen to my breath. 
And if you have trouble listening to your breath, you can put in earplugs and you can Mm -hmm. hear it like amplifies your breathing. But in that breath, I hear the ocean. It's so palpable. It's so there. The inhale is like the rising of the wave and the exhale is like the breaking of the wave. And Natalie and I are both surfers too. So (laughs) ride a wave, you really feel it. Oh my gosh. And I want everybody to have that experience too. But so, you know, when you imagine your breath as the wind or your breath as the waves, I mean, it starts to become the reality because the truth Mm -hmm. is, is that like the air we breathe is the air we breathe on the whole planet. Uh, The water we drink is the water we drink on the whole planet. Like if we pollute something somewhere, to think that it's just going to stay there is absurd. It's crazy. I know. (laughs) You know, like it's, yeah, everything, everything we do matters. Like Jane Goodall says, you know, it's like every single thing you do matters. So you have to decide what it is you want to do, how you want to affect the world, because you're affecting it, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, when a butterfly flaps its wing here, everyone can feel it, the effects of all the other ones. And it's like that domino effect with everything. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, in the masterclass, I talk about society seems to have given us this idea that like, I'm a person and I'm on one side of the Grand Canyon and nature is over there on the other side. But mm-hmm. if we can just literally remove the veil because that's a farce. Like Mm -hmm. you are the Grand Canyon. (laughs) You are the ocean, you know, you are the wind and we will return to the earth, whether it's in ashes form or whether it's in full body in the ground form or gosh, I really, I would really like to have a a water burial like the people in the Navy get. So if anybody can help me with that, (laughs) I'm not ready to die yet, but when I am, that's what I want. I would like the little crabs to, you know. Oh my God. Like, okay. If anyone has ever had a relationship with a tree, or if you haven't, I encourage and I invite you to cultivate that. Mm. I have two trees in my land that for the past few years I have been, it started with me one day noticing them. I mean, they are in my property. And then it started with me, you know, maybe after several, I mean, there's many trees in my property, but there's these two particular ones. I then one day really looked at them, right? And noticed them and said, "Mm, I don't know why, who knows? I felt very attracted to them and started sitting by them. Mm. And since then, talking about probably the past four years, I have been sitting Every single morning, that's how I start my day. I actually go say hello to these trees, these two trees that are side by side. And I am convinced, I I know, and I know this is going to sound very woo to some people, but they are a couple. They are together. And yeah, they're like connected. And so I sit with them and I have meditated. I have cried. I have laughed. I have the singing bowls for them and with them. Mm. I have watched rain and sunshine and I have watched birds and I have watched nests and I have communicated and I have hugged them. And I, mm. and it's so crazy because I now literally feel like I have these two beings, tree beings in my life. Mm. And, you know, I even talked to John Mike, about the trees and he knows and in the beginning, he used to think, okay, is she okay? I'm like, no, I'm okay, you know? <laughs> and he's like, this is kind of crazy talk. But now mm. he has actually sat with me on, at the tree for tea ceremony multiple times. Mm. And he totally gets it. He's like, oh yeah, the trees. 
And, you know, if I'm out of town and things like that, I miss my animals and, and I miss the trees too. And they're all beautiful, but particularly I have developed this relationship with these two tree beings. It's hard to explain you guys, but I just say, mm. and if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, did she, lo- did she lose it? I'm telling you, I probably would have thought that 10 years ago, but the thing is mm-hmm. just find a tree that you're like love, right? Or that you're attracted to. You don't even know why. And then sit with it or go back to it over and over and start noticing it and start, you know, just kind of telepathically communicating with it. Just see how that feels. And then circle back to me in three years from now and let me know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the assignment has I'm been you. I'm Wait. so telling you. It's magical. It's, it's <laughs> magical. Do you know the book, The Hidden Life of Trees? Yes. I have it. I read it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, then recommend it to everyone. Recommend yeah, it to everyone. It's yeah. like those trees are in relationship. They are. Oh yeah, like one hundred percent. And yeah, yeah, trees have children, and they protect them, and they do. They oh my god, they're, they're oh do- and the and the roots and. Oh. It's- and one more one more nature story I have to share with you. When I was about. I'd say like 14, I lived in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And I had, I don't know what it was that you were just talking in the podcast that you mentioned it was like a form of enlightenment. Oh, I think it was when you had your child, mm. right? Yep. When you had wolf. And I I only had this, okay, many Shavas, and I think we talked about this on your podcast, you can feel a sort of enlightenment sometimes or through the yoga practice. I truly believe people can feel parts of enlightenment in certain areas of their life. But I was in the ocean surfing and I was in Rio de Janeiro and I was like a young teenager and I was surfing every day. I lived like right on the beach in Rio across the street. And if you're listening, you're from Brazil, Ipanema Beach. Mm -hmm. And I would get my board and go to the ocean sometimes like before school or after, which meant like I had to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go surfing to then be on the bus at 7.30. (laughs) Yes. Just, but we had this like strong surf culture there. And anyways, the one day I was in the ocean and I think it was like a weekend and it was like kind of not sunrise, but sunset and the waves were coming and I had passed like kind of the break point and I was kind of behind it and I was just sitting there and there's some surfers were all kind of, you know, surfing, coming back there, waiting for the wave. And there was a moment that I actually wrote about this on my book, Living Life and Light. Everything. I looked at the sky and it was like kind of blue. And I I had been watching for the past, you know, like surfers do past 40 minutes. It was Mm -hmm. like pink, blue, red, orange. And all of a sudden the ocean blended with the sky. And when I looked back on the beach and I just kind of looked at some surfers and it it was just such a surreal thing because we looked at each other and we weren't like super close. We're kind of far away, but it was like everybody was sort of having that meditation moment. Mm. And I looked back and everything on the beach just kind of vanished. And it the sky came down with the sun and everything, blend, all the colors blended. Mm. And I felt this thing inside my body. It was crazy rain. It was almost like I had a form of enlightenment. I felt this thing, this Kundalini that now I know as, you know, I mean, I know I'd read about Kundalini. I don't know if that was it, but at that point, I didn't have the word for it. I just knew like something was happening and I felt tingling in every cell of my being and like mm. everything felt connected. I felt like I was the surfers on the side of me. I was the ocean. I was the sky. I was the beach. I was, yes. it was just like, I was. Oh. Right? 
in Hell the yes. so powerful. Oh. It was so I, I literally like kind of checked off for a minute and you know, I don't know how long it lasted, not that long, but it was very powerful to the point that when I came back, I was just like, whoa, whoa, you know, and when I came back to the beach, everything changed from that day on for me. I wrote about it in my book because it was such a powerful moment that I will never forget. Nature is powerful. If you are able to drop in like that, I love that you say we are nature. I totally agree with you with that. Couldn't agree more. We are nature. That's so, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm like in that vision with you. Like, so I'm so- Yeah, I wanted to share that with you and with the listeners too. But I know that out of everyone that I've talked to on the podcast, I could talk about that with you because you, oh, yeah. you get, you get it. I totally yeah. do. I mean, I had a similar moment. Like I wasn't in the water, but I was on the sand dune. I was a quite young. I was, and I climbed up to the top because I- lived like half the time in Florida, basically my whole young life. And I would just walk down this beach and it was totally, it was vacant. There was like never anyone there. I was on a nature preserve. And I walked up to the top of the sand dune and I looked out over the ocean and that exact same thing happened where like the colors, it like all became one. And it was like a resonance of oneness. Oh. Well, and the frequencies probably just all and match yeah. the vibration and the frequency it becomes one <sighs> it's so beautiful oh my god i'm so delighted to hear that experience and you know we hear this and it sounds cliche but in yoga and there's lots of yogis hopefully and probably listening to this we always say this often right and yoga, we are one we are one you know and what does that mean and it's like that yes me. yes right oh my gosh well and you know <sighs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would just so say cool. to everyone on the social media front, if you can cultivate somehow the oneness that you just described and deliver that through the content that you're sharing mm-hmm. from like a very deep, authentic place of love where you're trying to heal yourself and the world around you, like bringing attention to these things that need tenderness, that need attention, that it's a form of collective consciousness. Like that's just what I'm seeing, right? Is that like, it, it really is like, we're being called to share these stories. We're being, I mean, you and I are on the wise elder front. Like we're being called. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I, I don't know if we're quite there yet, but we're getting close, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And the experiences that we're sharing, like it's a joy and a pleasure to be able to do this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could have never. It's it's a privilege. Um, I love it. And if I could have ever imagined being in one of those beautiful assisted deep forward folds with you (laughs) sandwiching your whole body in love on top of I would have never, you know, I could have never said that we would be doing this together. Yeah. But wow. And I think off camera last time we joked about this, but so we should on audio, on the podcast, plant the seed. Natalie and I are going to lead a retreat soon. Yes. And it's going to be- Together. Together. We are going to, and it's obviously we're going to, it's going to be, we're going to go surfing and we should (laughs) hold the the whole community, the whole gathering of the retreat in in a circle. You know, out in the uh, water. That would be beautiful. At sunset. Oh, I just got Oh chills. my God. Me too. I just got chills. Oh my God. <sighs> Maybe so. I can't oh wait. my God. Okay. The seed is planted. 
We got to start thinking about it, looking at spots. Amazing. Well, Rain, this was fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for being with Rain and us. And I hope that you all enjoyed. I love this conversation. How can people get a hold of you if they want to check out your work, work with you? Tell us the, the, and I'll include it all in show notes as well, but let us know where to yeah, find you. Sure. Yeah, rainstudios.com. So I'm still Rain Studios. I keep toying with the idea of just being Rain Reed. But I'll say another one of our like soothsayer things. I think it was about 15 years ago when I bought the domain name Rain Studios Mm -hmm. because I was like, you know, like, what if I want to like make movies or something? Like (laughs) I could do that. Like, it doesn't have to just be yoga. It's just like really sort of like ethereal words, right? Rain Studios, whatever. So I'm still Rain Studios. I'm Rain Studios on Instagram and my website. Come do Rebirth with me. It's so amazing. It's so, so, so amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, congratulations on that, the release of it now. And thank you. Thank you, thank Ray. You. Oh, gosh. And, and the podcast. I just forgot. The Rain Studios podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's being reignited right now. And Natalie is going to be one of like my the kickoffs to my reignited. So I cannot wait. And then mm-hmm. we will share. I'll share with that also with everyone. Because that was fun. That was really great oh, to fun. do that with you. Oh, my gosh. So fun. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you have an amazing day wherever you are. Share this episode with someone you love, who you feel who can benefit. Subscribe to the show and give us an amazing review on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way. I hope to see you very soon. Mm -hmm.